and welcome, everybody. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another new episode of NMPC Plus. I am and will remain, at least for now, Josh. I'm one of the pastors here at NMPC, little old church plant that could. And I'm joined today by our two new additions to the NMPC family and staff. I'm joined by Pastor Sam. Hello, Pastor Sam. Hello. And I'm joined by Pastor Kathy. Hello, Pastor Kathy. Hi. The uh, the the big guy's not around today, so um, we have a little bit more freedom. He unfortunately couldn't make it. Pastor Key, uh, we wish you were here, but while you're not here, we're just uh, the the kids are going to run around and play for a little bit. So don't don't, <laughs> don't worry about us too much. We'll be okay. I'll try to keep these knuckleheads in line. Um, but for you guys, you know, you two are still pretty new to our staff. And I thought one of the things that we could do, um, you know, for the opening segment for our podcast this week, I wondered if we might talk a little bit about how you guys are taking our community in and how you guys are sort of, um, you know, how has it been for you in our community? Has it been, has it been good? Has it been less than good? Are, are there still things that you, you need to work out. I mean, what are some highlights? What are some lowlights? You know, I think people are really curious, especially people that you guys see on a more regular basis, but but don't really get to talk to a little bit more in depth. So I'm going to put you two on the spot for a little bit for today. And what we'll do is we'll go in order of hire. Kathy, we're going to, I'm sparing you. Okay. Um, you. <laughs> you know, Sam, I, I'm sorry, but that, that just means you're going first. Um, in case anyone hasn't asked you, how have things been for you in the first couple of months, a month and a half, two months, something yeah. like that, maybe? Yeah, almost two. Yeah. So how how have things been for you as you've been adjusting to our community? Yeah, I think generally they've been good. I actually was just talking to Julie about this last night, so it's funny that you asked that. I'm um, prophetic. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and... Yeah, we were just reflecting, uh, like we often do, um, at the end of the day, of the of the workday, and we're just reminding each other that maybe six months or two a, a year ago, we were really praying for um, a church community, hmm. and you know, I was considering um, and applying to to churches, and we were really, yeah, in prayer. Just we wanted a place where we felt like we belonged. Um, aligned on, you know, missions and goals in some sense too. So, you know, we just reminded each other, we're like, oh man, like, remember that we prayed for this community actually, mm. and it happened. Wow. So we should be very thankful. And I just forgot. Yeah, I, I forgot almost. And uh, I think sometimes we we pray that we ask for things yeah. and then we often forget. Yeah, yeah. And then... It's happened to yeah. us. So, yeah. yeah, to answer your question, it's been really good so far. It's been a very positive experience. Um, yeah, so I'm thankful. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's really encouraging to hear. I mean, not only from like a you know fellow pastor, staff, colleague standpoint, but just as like a member of the church. You know, it's really nice that that it it you still have the uh, the good feelings. I think that's a I think that's a good thing. I wondered also um, if you could maybe, you know, 
there are times in the pastoral staff where we'll give you pointers about how things are going and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But I wondered if you could turn that lens around for a second, if you can sort of put the eye on our church community. And you don't have to obviously don't call anyone out specifically. Some of you might be shaking your boots right now about what he might say. But when you when you think about your time so far, this month, month and a half or so, um, tell me a little bit about our church community. Uh, I think sometimes I, I got the blinders on my eyes a little bit, but tell me a little bit about coming into our church community. What are some highlights? What are some quirks of our church that maybe don't exist anywhere else? What are some things that we're doing really well? What are some things that... Um, maybe to not be so critical, right? But maybe some things that you'd wish you could see more that you haven't yet. Maybe it's there, but it just hasn't made itself available to you. Do you do you have anything like that? Um, honestly, not too much so far. Sure. Just because, honestly, I feel like I haven't met everybody yet. Yeah. Um, that's something I'd like to do for for those who are willing, at least. Um, yeah, I, I just think coming back since Julie and I had attended, you know, churches in the Midwest, either in the suburbs or in Chicago, what is familiar is how New Jersey people in New Jersey are for, for lack of better term. Yeah. Um, and that can mean anything, right. That, that comes to mind, but but what does that mean for you specifically as you say I, that? I think me specifically, um, not to say that New Jersey folks, I guess, this might be an East Coast thing. Uh, everyone's sort of on the go, right? Like mm. pretty efficient mm-hmm. and um, maybe busy is, is one way sure. of, of thinking about sure. it. And so an example is... You know, when we finish, when I uh, was in the Midwest, a lot of the times, um, meetings would, like casual gatherings or meetings like that, they would always run over, not because of our meeting time, but people would be talking in the the parking lot right. for like 30 minutes to an hour, extra hour. But I've noticed here is that, you know, people come and then when it's done, it's like, boom, 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 let's, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. I have my next sort of thing. And that's yeah. not true for all cases. But um, it's definitely different, right? And I'm like, yeah. ah, yes. That's true. This is home for me. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, prayer meeting ends at 9 o'clock and people are out the door by 9.02. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, pastors included. Um, yeah, okay. You know what? I, it's funny that you mentioned that, Kathy. I don't know if this this is true of your experience or maybe you're, you have a you know completely different set of bullet points for you. But, you know, that whole like gathering and hanging around too... I've noticed that because I grew up in this area, I grew up, I grew up in the churches in this area. And that was true for a long time. Whenever something ended, people just sort of, it's, it's known, it's a thing that like whenever people um, end church, especially with Koreans, it's that Korean thing of like hanging around and hanging around. So something that ends at nine o'clock, people don't go home until like 11 o'clock sometimes because they're they're just hanging out and, and all that stuff. And I wonder like, because I haven't seen that lately and I'm not, asking for it. I don't know that you're asking for it necessarily, right? Uh, but just something to notice. But but in our church, yeah, there's there's less and less of that um, outside of like Sunday fellowship after church. And so I wondered, is it just a is it just a consequence of like we're all older now and we have like things to do? Because it was definitely true in my college years. I don't know if, you know, obviously 
It's always true in the college years. And for sure, like it was true post-college, like, you know, getting a little bit older. Some of us have jobs. Some of us are still sort of lazing around, figuring it out. But I, I don't know about you, for you guys. Like, do you notice that? Is that still going on in other places, particularly Korean-American communities? Are like, Or is the Northeast specifically just that you come, you do the thing, and then you leave? Hmm. Well, I grew up with that culture, too. Sure. Hanging around till really late. Yeah. You know, you'd go to a youth group meeting, and then afterwards there would be praise team practice, and there's only three people on the praise team, but there's like 15 <laughs> people hanging around. Right. Um, lying down on the church chairs, you know. But I think it is partially what you're saying as you get older, because I did that in college too. Everyone be bumming around. But I think after people get married, you know, slowly when that life stage starts to come into play, and then especially when the babies start coming around, right. it gets a little harder and people right. just get more tired. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try to be in bed by like 8 something p.m. if I can. Um, Eight. Nice. If PM? I can, <laughs> it doesn't happen, especially not with Wednesday well prayer every eight. Wednesday Here we at go. 8 o'clock p.m. Sign up. <laughs> Community month. <laughs> but yeah, uh, as I'm getting older, I just want to be in bed more, which sure. is not, I don't know if that's good, but. Sure. I understand that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. But to your thing of what you've noticed, maybe it's just because we're an old, I don't know. Is, is this your first time in a community of our demographic? It's like not a ton of college students. It's like post-college yeah. and beyond families, young families. And then our the upper limit of our community, of course, we have people that are older. But the large demographic of our community is somewhere in that late 20s, early 30s, all throughout the 30s you know making babies building families and all that stuff (laughs) Mm. no it's not but yeah i guess i'm trying to pinpoint like what it is Mm. exactly i don't think it's the um like necessarily like just culture or the the people Mm. that's just something i noticed sure interesting because julie and i we were at a like a much older i guess historical church and the average age was like 50 right like 40 or 50. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good to know. Man, y'all hang out. Chill. <laughs> Kick it. I don't know. Um, moving on uh, to Pastor Kathy, for you, um, obviously it's been less time. Like just scratching the surface of a month maybe? Almost. Almost. <laughs> something like that. So obviously you're not going to have as many insights or just – Strictly by the virtue of time, you don't have as many of those things. But for you, I don't know. Do you have anything that you're noticing in our community, our community that is that is quite unique to our community? What are the highlights? What are some of the things that maybe you'd like to see more? You know, what are those things for you? Um, I think that the culture is pretty relaxed here. Is something that I noticed mm. right from the start. Um, Yeah, even though people will be out the door at like a certain time for certain meetings, but the vibe of the people that I've been getting so far is, you know, if we're kind of having a conversation before service, you know, we're kind of like just getting into service like that. We're not like, let's get in like at this time and um, we're not very urgent in certain contexts, Mm -hmm. I guess, which I think is really nice. Um, 
where I was attending church before, it was very, a lot more rigid, I mm-hmm. guess, in ways, um, not just in timekeeping, but in other areas too, there was more structure in certain ways. And here there are certain like freedoms that we can take to be creative, mm. um, which I really appreciate. Um, yeah. So that is something that I personally noticed because of where I was coming from. Mm. Um, the people so far have been very nice and friendly. Um, yeah. Everyone seems willing to contribute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been really encouraging to see that, to see like there's a committee for this, a committee for that, even if it's just one person and Pastor Key just put a label of committee. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, But still, you know, um, there are churches out there that don't have, you know, all these committees or point people for certain things. So it's really nice to see that and to see people who have specific talents are able to express them and Mm. really utilize them in a productive way. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, the other thing here that we're not exactly talking about, well, I mean, a, l- a little bit for you, Sam, is is the idea that when you come on, uh, especially both of you were married before you came on. So when you come on, it's not just you that's joining our community, but it's also, uh, you know, your wife, your husband. And, and I wondered, how, like, how are they adjusting? How you know, you don't need to reveal too much here, but like, is it overall good? Is it overall still like there's some work to be done? I mean, again, in these couple of weeks, it's hard to say for sure, but I wonder, is it going in the right track at least? Hopefully we are. Yeah, I can, I can start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's been very positive, I think, for Julie. And I mentioned this a little bit last week, but um, without Julie's okay, uh, like this wouldn't be possible, mm. right? And that's not just a, you know, respect thing for for me as my role as, as as her husband, but just very practically, right? If you don't have the full support of your spouse in any, like, real career path or, you know, any, anything like that, it just causes too much friction at home. Mm. Um, so, of course, you know, we had so many conversations before, before, before joining um, for years really before it was it was a feasible option to be um yeah more involved in ministry but it's been really positive i mean we we talk frequently about the church responsibilities things like that at least things i can share and you know people have been really welcoming to her she's been very friendly i think she thinks she's awkward or or something but i keep telling her i'm like i think everyone thinks you're so friendly and very relatable, and that's what I've heard from others too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think she knows and has made more friends in the church than I have. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's overall that's, very positive. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, what about on the far side of the table over there? Um, yeah, it's actually pretty interesting how um, Sam, husband Sam, and I have been. We had been talking about you know, our church life and what kind of community we would, you know, want to be in one day um, before coming to Mercy. And, you know, there were certain things that we were talking about um, that were really important to us to, you know, kind of look for. Um, And yeah, just New Mercy came onto our horizon in a really unexpected way. And 
it was right around the time when we were more seriously discussing we should get back into it. We should get more plugged in again. Yeah. And and then like in the same couple of days, I think, um, is when I started thinking about applying here. And I was a little hesitant, um, to be honest, to actually talk to Sam about it in detail. At the time, he was away um, for military training. And so I wasn't really sure because this wasn't something that we had discussed prior, like in great depth. I mean, we had served together for years, but actually stepping into this kind of role and this kind of career path was not something that we had um, known about for us. So when he came back home and we actually talked about it, he was so supportive and encouraging. And obviously I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my husband, you know, I'm like giving a speech at the Academy Awards. But um, yes, yes, yes. yeah, like, like Sam said, um, it wouldn't really be possible to be able to do this because it would create a lot of friction at home and even deeper, like there would be some kind of mistrust, I think, that would grow in yeah, certain sure, areas. Sure, um, Yeah, so does that answer the question? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Again, I said it last week. Um, I'll say it again this week. Shout out to the wives, the husbands, the partners out there that are really allowing people like us to do what we want to do and and like come alive. You know, I always come back to the thing that my wife said to me sort of around a similar season that you guys were just in and coming out of. But when I had my own season like that, she was just like, I don't like that you're not alive, you know? Hmm. And I was just sort of like doing the work that I was doing at the time. And, uh, you know, we were just sort of figuring it out. And then she just said like, I want you to be alive, you know? And, um, that like, that like put a, you know, fear of the Lord in me. I was like, you know what? She's right. Because when I'm dead, then I'm also dead to her. Mm-hmm. Like I can't give everything that I, I want to give to her when I, I don't have anything to give at all. So, um, yeah, shout out, shout out to all the partners out there. Thank you. Thank you for letting us do this. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, truly. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to uh, transition now and, and talk about the, the, the message sort of a little bit. Um, you know, Pastor Key gave the message and because he's not here, I I, I don't want to, um, like, I just want to let his word ring true and, and I don't want to do a disservice to the, the message. So, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll let everyone who's watching or listening, I, I'll let you go to the actual live stream. It's still on our YouTube page. The sermon itself is, is going to be right before this episode on the, on the landing page of our of our podcast um, uh, uh, homepage, um, but just generally, Pastor Key was was making this huge push um, for prayer, right? And you know, obviously, as three pastors, four pastors in a in a in a staff meeting, obviously, we care about prayer very much. Um, we might have like different limits to to our prayer tolerance. I'll just loosely call it <laughs> right. You know, like. I forget who was saying, but (laughs) I think it was you, but you were like, I love praying for just like an hour straight. And then somebody, Kathy, I think you were the one that was like, I think we're not the right people to to kind of talk about when it comes to those kinds of things. Because yes, like we are sort of tasked to do that that general uh, 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 discipline. Um, And while we're all tasked with it, we have a sort of a higher 
threshold tolerance for that discipline, right? But Pastor Key, he was talking about prayer. He was talking about the importance of prayer, and he was also tying it very heavily, very closely to what we're doing in our local church expression of prayer. I love when he does that. I I, I was thinking, like, I don't have that bone in my body yet. I'm, I'm developing it. I'm trying to get better in it. But the idea of not only not only speaking theologically, you know, in sound ways, things that won't get me in trouble, but also speaking from a pastoral place, right? We always talk about don't work out your issues on the pulpit, but there is a thing of, you know, like from that place, you have to lead the community. You have to speak to the life of the community. And Pastor Key, I think, did a really fantastic job. I, I went to him afterward and I said, Pastor Key, I was really encouraged by the message because if, if there... You know, if there ever was a reason or some kind of impetus or some kind of thing, a catalyst that gets us to pray, it's this message in our community, really highlighting all of Community Month and urging people to sign up. And and, and a lot of it, most of it, all of it comes from because he and we all believe in the power of prayer. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the power of prayer and how, of course, we pastors in our staff meetings we we can go on and on about the power of prayer and why prayer is good but for the person for the everyday person who's watching who's listening to a podcast like this maybe they don't have that connection to prayer yet right i mean they could still be trying to learn how to pray they could still be trying to learn to even set aside some time in their day to pray so i wondered um, if what we could do for the bulk of our time, the rest of our time together, I should it's say. It's just sit here and pray in yeah, silence. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Close your eyes, bow your heads. <laughs> Let's pray. Um, no, but I, I want to talk about what prayer means to us specifically. You know, like I want to talk about why prayer is important. I want to do a kind of part two to Pastor Key's message and talk a little bit more candidly, a little bit more open open uh, about like why prayer is so important, you know? Um uh, you know, I, I'd love to preach another message on it, but I think maybe for this time, for this audience, for the people watching and listening, it might just be a little bit more powerful if we talk candidly and openly about it. So um, how about this? I'd love if we could go around, talk a little bit about a time when um, we've, we prayed or, some, you know, something, some, some kind of a testimony or encounter that that still resonates with you deeply you know we've done this on the podcast before but again because you, t- you two are new you have so many experiences that we haven't heard yet right so um i don't know i don't know if you need some more time you could take some more time to think about it if you'd like but i don't know do you guys have any testimonies things that come up already as i'm sort of leading us in this place that that you might be able to talk about share with uh with our audience and and yeah, just continue to push our chips in the middle with this thing called prayer. Okay, <laughs> I'm getting the signal. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, there are many instances in life when God really humbled me and showed me that the power of something as simple and ordinary as prayer can change the entire course of like my decision-making or even my relationships with people. Um, there was a time, the first thing that comes to mind was, um, years ago, I had actually had, um, there was an issue that I had, (laughs) 
how am I going to word this? <laughs> um, so I had made some mistakes and I was pretty much being called out for those mistakes, but not in the most loving manner as it happens sometimes. And um, there were some decisions made for me um, and there wasn't a lot of discussion. There was no like prayer that happened together. Um, this happened within a church context. This was years ago though. And I was really hurt by what happened, but you know, the first thing that I did was, okay, well, this happened and now all of this is happening. So all I can really do is pray at this point. There is nothing else I can really do about any of this because I can't change history or change minds. I can't control people. And yeah, that season actually lasted for a few years, um, like aspects of it. So when that had occurred, I prayed that I would not grow bitter about the situation, that I would be able to acknowledge my um, my lackings and the areas that I needed to grow and find reconciliation with God and to understand fully that it was a situation between God and me and not between the person who instigated the situation in me. It wasn't about that. And I prayed a lot about that um, because I knew that if I didn't, I would have, you know, possibly just been like, all right, well, I don't want to deal with this person anymore. Let me just leave this situation. Let me leave this place. And, you know, let me just say all the negative things that could have easily happened, um, especially in that time period in my life. But I think God really carried me through that season and he told me to wait. And so it was really, really hard because the person who had hurt me, you know, had a position and I couldn't really, you know, say anything against the person and not that I, you know, really was inclined to, but um, the person never really acknowledged what happened to me and I just kept praying about it. I kept praying for that person also, just not, you know, that make this person realize that, not that, just genuinely, like, I don't want this whole situation to have more collateral damage. I don't want this person to have to deal with unforgiveness vibes from me. I don't want any of that. Just, you know, whatever it is for this person and their relationship with God too. Um, so, yeah, and it took years um, of just having that prayer. And I realized that that really shifted my perspective and it really affected the way that I interacted with the person and other people. I didn't really bad mouth. Um, yeah. I mean, I was young and, you know, that's like kind of what you want to do sometimes, but yeah. And I think about like, I don't know, like five years later or something, the person actually came to me and like, sat me down and had a conversation with me and was just like, I really appreciate the way that you handled this situation. I was like, what? Like, I didn't, you know, pray to God to get this from this person. Like right. this is, it wasn't even necessary. It was really encouraging to hear, but I was like, wow, God really just, just like transformed my heart in that season. And I guess also 
transform this person in some kind of way that is not necessarily my business because that's that person's relationship with God. But yeah, it was just overall so encouraging to see how just simply praying leads to people, you know, going on their journey with God in like a more powerful way than you would have imagined. I don't know. I don't even know if I'm explaining this correctly right now or if this sounds really vague, but yeah, I feel like God really saved me and the other person. And yeah. Sure. Does that make sense? Was mm-hmm. that coherent? No, you <laughs> you had this issue that happened. Yeah. And it happened in ways that you didn't love and you wish you could have some of those interactions back. You prayed about what you're going to do. And, and you said five years. It took a while before you were even able to get some kind of I don't know if reconciliation is the word or closure or some kind of being able to talk and work it out, yeah. but you did. You you were able to, and a yeah. lot of what you're pointing to as the reason is because you prayed. Yeah. Because, and, yeah. yeah. And in those five years, it was a lot of, um, yeah, it was constantly praying like, God, just be with me right now and help me to see this person as you see the person Mm. and not how I or other people, you know, or, you know, let me not be judgmental or anything like that. And yeah, there was no feeling of anger in me. Sure. Yeah. Right. Wow. Mm. Wow. That's really, wow. That's really powerful. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I, I, I want to ask, like a thousand, you know, follow-up questions. <laughs> Who, um, when, where, where? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so when was it? What happened? Tell me. Um, I, I'm going to leave that there. I want to leave that on the table for a moment. I, I do have some things that I, I want to try to get into, not necessarily and specifically about the story, but maybe about motives and and, and like how you pray and, and, and what to do and what to sort of pray for in those moments. But um, Sam, I want to give you an opportunity to, to, to share, you know, like what's something yeah. that's coming to mind that it was all about prayer that got you through a certain situation or season or whatever it might be. Like what, what's that thing for you? Yeah. Um, well, first I'll say I, I appreciated uh, Pastor Kathy's um, anonymity just because <laughs> it helps, um, yeah. you know, when you, when you explain experience like that, it's easy to be like spiteful and, you know, name certain details to, to you know, make the other person look bad and things like that. So I appreciate it the way that. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, put in the description things. of the YouTube video. So then. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be shrouded in mystery. Um. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, yeah, I. It's difficult for me. Um, so so to give context on the, the hour prayer thing Saturday mornings, I appreciate that because <laughs> it's it's difficult for me to pray um for a long time i get distracted you know i think of oh man i need to drink some more coffee or like you know things like that but just having a place with people um, that are unified and doing the same thing it's it's very powerful so having that space to me is very important because i often forget on the like on the spot what i'm doing and i forget what i prayed for before like i like I mentioned previously, mm-hmm. um, uh, because, you know, prayers are so ordinary. We lift things up to God. And then a week later, we can just forget yeah. sometimes, right? But then, you know, sometimes God answers those prayers that we often forget. And what that means is we forget to give thanks, too. Um, with that said, 
I what I do is what what came to mind was what I do every year on New Year's is that I record um, a video of myself, like a vlog, basically. <laughs> um, and what I do is that I pray, and I lift up you know certain like goals and and prayers up to God. And I've been doing this since I think twenty eleven or twenty ten. Mm. So what I do is that I look at the previous year's video, and I make a new one. Sort of responding <laughs> to the prayer requests, how the how the year went, and it's so powerful to me because well, powerful and strange because I don't like looking at myself talk or anything, and it's so funny, um, like haircuts change, speech patterns, things like that, uh, they change, but it's always shocking to me because um, the prayers I lift up, you know, some are the same the same struggles. Others are, oh, wow, I, I forgot I was um, asking God for, for those things a year ago. And many of them, you know, are are fulfilled, are past, like they're no longer an issue. And I do that because I'm forgetful with some of those things. And it helps me be, yeah, just thankful um, um, and content in some sense. Um yeah, I think that's the first thing that came to mind. I do it on January 1st, right at midnight, pretty much, if I can. I've been in, like, people's houses, and I've escaped into the bathroom to record it. <laughs> like a like a mirror selfie, like, video. <laughs> yeah, basically. There are a couple of those. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's what came to mind. Yeah. Uh, sorry, when did you say you started doing that? 2011, I think. 2011, wow. Yeah, 2010, 2011. It's around that time. So... 10 plus years of recording and and do you do you go back and and listen to them or, or watch them at all so I, I always go back to the, the one the year before i see i looked at some of the ones from high school but they were so cringe i couldn't get through <laughs> them i was skipping around i was like oh my goodness this is so this is too much wow. Well, you should make one big compilation, right? And then do like the slide thing in between as transitions. And then like from now on, just be like, all right, pastor, like yeah. past pastor Sam, you know? Yeah. And then talk to yourself. Content, baby, content. <laughs> yeah, Julie caught a, a clip of one and she just made fun of me after that. She's like, oh, your haircuts, like you're saying certain things. I'm like, oh my goodness, I yeah. know. It's embarrassing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm curious, and um, this, these are questions that I've asked before, Key and, and Bobe at the time. Um, I'm curious, you know, when you sit down and pray, I, I guess let me ask this first before I get to the other thing, is when you sit down and pray, how do you, how do you start? Like, w um, is there a thing that you often go to? Is there a a kind of, I don't want to say formula, it's not a formula, but but there's a kind of thing that you always do, thing, thing that you always say, or or place, emotion, or, you know, something. Is there a place that you always say, or is it is it all just like whatever happens when I open my mouth till, till when I close it? Like, how do you guys actually sit down to pray? How do you start? How do you keep going? Like, how do you know what to even pray for next? My mind immediately went to, you know, Korean stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> like really yeah, yeah. It's this long, <laughs> formal, drawn out thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Is that, I mean, no. does that translate <laughs> at all to you? Oh, I was going to say that does not come out of my mouth. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, like, what, how do you guys, how do you guys do it? Oh, I, I guess not in the same way. I, I always name, I do follow like, uh, I guess not a formula, but I um, copy the, the, the Lord's Prayer, um, mm. right? It's like naming God. Um, saying like you're holy in some sense, right? Like hallowed be your name, um, asking for God's will to be done. So it's like I have like some sort of structure because uh, there are like two things I think about. Well, God hears our, our prayers and thoughts plainly, but I think we can always discipline our, our prayers. Like we can become better at praying in a sense, right? Not, not in like a rigid sense, but... Um, yeah, I always try to, to find this line, right? You're you're talking to God as if you would talk to another person, and those those things are um, fine and good. But also, like you're you're talking to God, yeah, right? Um, yeah, so I I try to follow some level of organizations, but uh, of organization, but it always gets jumbled. Yeah, things just happen, or things just come up. Or I can't find the words. Yeah. 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 I usually start with a thank you of sorts. However, you know, when you're feeling emotional or you're in the shower, <laughs> it doesn't always go, Father God, thank you. Sure. <laughs> like in the shower. Yeah. Sure. So there's like, God, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually with some form of thanksgiving, um, yeah, and adoration, um, but yeah, that I, you know, that idea that you don't, you know, some people think you don't have to pray. I'm always talking to God in my head anyway, like anywhere yeah. I'm going, yeah, which yeah. is mm. yes, true. But you know how there is a difference with being intentional about that and setting aside yeah, that time. Right. It's like, yes, when you're five years old, your mom and your dad probably know the sneaky thoughts you have in your mind or what sure. you really want or whatever. But you actually saying it is and acknowledging it and them acknowledging it, like doing that respect to someone of actually verbalizing yeah, something yeah. sometimes makes that difference. So sometimes, yeah, I will include things that obviously he already knows these things, but um, just expressing it more to show how much it's on my heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, sometimes those things come up first, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's funny that you say that the whole why do I need to pray? I'm always praying. Because for me, the older I get and the wiser that I get, more experienced, the more people that I talk to, it's uh, first of all, no, you're not. You only think you are. You're muttering to yourself or your your desire for this thing is not a prayer. A prayer acknowledges the Lord. It a prayer you humble yourself before God. You actually make the request and mm. and you you even throw in like God, you said you'd promised according to your word that you would do this. So I mm. pray for this. Like, yeah, there there's no I don't know. I because I I'm I'm hard on myself too when I when I come up against that. And it's like no, Josh, like you didn't pray for a single moment. Your your utterance or your muttering or your whatever, like that wasn't prayer. That wasn't formalized prayer. And it is necessary. Like, don't get me wrong. We're, we're three and with plus Pastor Key. So we're four people that love freedom. We love, 
like we we all enjoy the freedom that we have in Christ to kind of make with our spirituality, our prayer lives, everything what we will. But I don't know. There's something to actually sitting down, getting your butt in a seat or something, and just praying. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like going out of your way. Yeah. Because right? yeah. if you have a friend, and yes, some friendships are very low maintenance, but you know. After a while, if you don't make any time, you don't put in any effort, you don't actually verbalize anything, then, you know, is it really a relationship or I I don't know, you know? I find that the equivalent for me is uh, I'm a meme guy. I like to send memes. Um, (laughs) I also send reels and I send uh, uh, everything on IG. I I live about 80% of my life right now on IG. It's not good. I should probably cut back, but (laughs) such is life right now. Um, But it's like, you know, the equivalent is like if I'm always sending memes to my friends and then I start going like, oh, yeah, we talk all the time. We, 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 you know, I'm always, you know, sending them stuff and I'm always sort of doing these half measures like, no, that's not. Eventually the friendship deteriorates because Mm. that person starts to understand how you view that relationship. Mm. It's nothing more than a receptacle of of my interest or whatever, but it's not actually a. a form of communication, a dialogue. Yeah, the meme sending could be like a supplemental to your relationship, yeah. but mm. there has to be like that foundation of yeah. actually having conversation. Yeah. It makes a good friendship <laughs> even better, but it yeah. doesn't save a bad one. Yeah. You know? Huh. That's so. such a good example. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I've experienced that, right? If your relationship is only sending each other TikToks, yeah. but then you're not. So you know, young. Yeah, you know I mean? like, okay, I'm just saying. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so yeah. That, that, not gap. to disparage the older TikTok users in our church. Yeah, yeah, but if you're only like you know sending each other memes, IG reels, whatever. Um, I'm not really on IG, that's why. Mm. Um, but yeah, but if you're not always like, if, if you're not making uh, or being intentional to you know catch up, spend time together, um, then just sending those. Uh, reels aren't enough. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when you were ta- saying that, I was like, oh, wow, that's a really good example. Mm. Nice. Yeah, feel free to use it anytime. It's going to use it in a survey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm curious then, um, for you guys, I'm really curious to hear what your answer to this. Um, okay, so in prayer, I think the three of us would maybe come around this understanding that when it comes to prayer, there is us talking there is us making you know it's so it's going this way to god it's directional um but in prayer there's also the other direction in which god says things to us or he empowers us or there is a directional thing right it's it's a two-way street uh, to say it simply and so part of understanding how that two-way street operates is to understand like this is like how i hear god or when somebody says mm. I heard, you know, like I heard God say this or, you know, when someone even says, oh, I feel like God is saying, you know, to use whatever careful language you want, but you're still acknowledged to hear it, right? Like as Christians. Speaking of hearing God. <laughs> oh, snap, the hearing God course. My Shout gosh, <laughs> Kathy, you're such a natural at this. Maybe you should host the next one. No. Um, the, for people that aren't understanding what's happening, Pastor Key just launched a Hearing God course. It happens every Tuesdays at 8. I believe registration is closed, but if you want to sneak in there, you got to talk to Pastor <laughs> Key about possibly getting your foot in the door. But Coming yes. back now. <laughs> Coming back now. The question is this. 
Um, what are some of the ways, what are some of the common ways, the quickest ways that you find that you hear God? Like when God is saying mm-hmm. something, like because presumably you pray four things, right? And if you pray four things, then you have to know if there's an answer, right? Right. So like, when do you know? How do you know? What are the things that you employ in order to know that God is speaking to you? Like, how do you hear God is the simple yeah. question. Uh, there are a couple... Just checking. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I like. I really like that. I really appreciate that question. Um, I think maybe to what I alluded to earlier, it's it's been hard for me, I think, just in my spiritual life to hear God clearly. There have mm. only been a couple of moments that, you know, after praying, I I, I come out of it and say, I am very sure this is what mm. God has told me. Mm. Um, usually what happens is I discover later and I see, oh, wow, this is how God um, formed me. Um, that incident that happened and whatever happened afterwards, how I reacted to it. I see how God was working and answering my prayers. So it's a lot of perspective. I know others, you know, they pray and it's so clear to them. I wish I had that type of gift, but I don't. Maybe it's because I'm stubborn or I'm not sure. But what also comes to mind is, um, my goodness, I just lost it. Excuse me, I had a long work day. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I think of at least, um, you might need to edit this out. Wait. No worries. <laughs> How about this? Think on it a little bit longer. Yeah. We'll take a, we'll skip we'll you. We'll come back. back. We'll, circ- we'll circle back, circle it. back. Kathy, how do you hear God? Um, like Pastor Sam was saying, it's not, you know, you want it to be a Mufasa voice up in the sky sure. telling you, can you do it? The Simba? No. I can't do it. But yeah, sometimes you want that, you know, you want it to be so clear and like majestic and Morgan Freeman. But, you know, a lot of times it doesn't look like that. And I do remember this one Sunday school sermon I heard while I was serving as a teacher. And yeah, I don't know why this one sticks with me. And I don't know why it was to you know, really young students. I think it went over their head. Anyway, so sometimes we hear God through, you know, trusted people in our lives, you know, the ways that they will speak into our lives, speak truth into our lives. Sometimes we can find out what God wants for us through our circumstances and certain things that he moves into motion. And yeah, sometimes we figure what those out, what those are out later. Um, And yeah, I think a lot of times when I, you know, am reading passages in the Bible, um, something always jumps out at me. And, you know, you could look at the same passage twice, three times, four times, and you can, you know, figure out something different mm. each time that you look at it. So, yeah, sometimes, you know, there will be a situation I'm unsure about or something that I am wanting or praying for or need clarity on. And I won't necessarily expect it to like a realization or an understanding or anything to come. Um, you know, I won't be like, it's going to come right now, the answer right now in this page. I won't do that. But sometimes I'll be looking at something and sometimes it'll be 
a passage that I had already, you know, kind of thought about a lot and reflected on and, you know, done a devotional on or something. And something else will kind of come from there, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like a different understanding. And that will kind of correlate with the kind of perspective that perhaps God is telling me to kind of shift towards. Yeah. Um, so it looks different each time, but unfortunately, no Mufasa for me. Yeah. I remember. Both. Yes, okay. here we go. Good. <laughs> Thank you. Forgive me. I, I am slower no this problem. time of day. Um, a litmus test for me is um, sometimes I think, you know, I've heard God clearly when I'm, you know, as we were talking about earlier, you're sort of praying while walking, you know, you have like thoughts and things like that. And you, you think you're, you're praying. But um, once I actually do go in prayer, um, to God, I, I come out of it with a different perspective. And that for me is always such a good litmus test is that if every time I'm struggling um, and I come out of prayer, if it's exact, like I come out with the exact same perspective, mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. same sort of emotions yeah. and feelings, then I think mm, maybe there's something wrong. Yeah. Mm. Right. Um, just because, right? Prayer is so ordinary, like we had mentioned, but if you're if you really think about it, you're talking to to God, and God's interceding um, on our behalf. So something is is happening there, even in the individual, and especially when when others are gathered. So, um, yeah, I, I always feel like I, I'm always thankful, like when I'm struggling through something, and then I pray, and then I I come out of it, and I think, oh wow, yeah, this is a a new perspective or, oh, I see, this is why I was struggling with, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. So that for me is always a litmus test of, um, yeah, whether I'm, you know, actually praying as I should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm in a lot of ways, I'm kind of in, uh, aligned with that. I, re- I really like that, the idea, cause I'm only just realizing that that is a huge litmus test for me as well. The idea that I can go into prayer and then come out of prayer with a totally different perspective on like whatever, or maybe I have a little bit more peace in my heart, or maybe I have a little bit more understanding or empathy. Mm -hmm. Let's say it's somebody that wronged me and I'm praying for forgiveness or whatever, and I'm actually able to walk out of it. Maybe not like a hundred percent, like I forgive the person, but I at least have empathy. I at least have something that, draws me a little bit closer to them than than what i want to do which is distance myself from them i i i I love that i love that you just said that you know it's it's so like and this is this is partly what we mean when you know pastors talk about the idea of you know in a prayer meeting we'll pray something along the lines of maybe maybe walk out of here different than the way we came in like I don't think anyone else, I don't think anyone really truly believes, although it might be possible to like have a completely different personality or or to be so completely like on high that you're completely removed from the situation and you have this elevated and high position on whatever thing that you're praying about. No, but I think a lot of times what we're talking about is I came into this really bitter. I came into this prayer meeting or I came into this to this conversation or whatever. And I I was so bitter and I was so angry or I was so uh, just like displeased with the person or a situation or a season, but I walking out now. And while I have, I still have a lot of it. There is a part of me that is changing towards wanting 
desperately, desperately wanting to see things the way God sees them, or, or at the very least, have a little bit more peace in my heart. You know, I love that you said that. Yeah, um, your, you know, we often talk a lot of, too, you know, as a as a staff about like rhythms and weekly rhythms and and how you engage with prayer. Um, I'm also curious, and I know that this is a point of contention, not contention, but like it's not exactly like the cleanest sort of thing for all of us, you know, Pastor Sam, particularly for you, because you also have a, a full-time job outside of the ministry. Um, but, you know, for me, um, a lot of stuff for me on a weekly basis gets worked out on my Sabbath, like after a long weekend of ministry and and um, ahead of uh, another long, the next long week of ministry that will happen. I'll have, for me, it's Mondays. Mondays, I just try to keep the work to a minimum. I try to keep uh, the like uh, work conversations, I should say. Like people are free to text me. I want you to text me. I want us to, <laughs> to laugh and enjoy life together. But but if it's about ministry and if it's about the church, like I'll answer those tomorrow. I often have to be like, hey, uh, thank you for the question, but can I, can I talk to you? about this tomorrow how how's your day going you know things like that um a lot of stuff gets worked out for me on my sabbath which is why i appreciate it so much um but for the both of you i'm wondering like how do how do things work out on a daily or a weekly pace for you right and as you answer the question i'm wondering if i can direct it a little bit more and maybe ask us to think about the the layperson Think about the person who's watching or listening, who is not in ministry, who might be working a nine to five, or they have very irregular hours, or they still feel like they're not exactly like the most perfect Christian or whatever, you know, like whatever that means. Um, but they're still trying. They're still trying to make sense of how to how to do this thing called Christianity. Uh, but for you guys, when you think about your week, how do you work out a prayerful rhythm during your week um, with everything that that happens Sunday through Saturday? Hmm. You can go first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I do need to get better at you know, taking Sabbaths just because of my current schedule. I've been trying to do Saturday afternoons. Um, if I need to finish anything up, I, I make sure to finish by by noon or by one, really, the latest um, for the next day and take the rest of the day off. But I, I think about, well, first, like, you know, Scripture telling us that, right, Sabbath is made for a humankind. It's like not for God. In the same sense, but even in the in the Genesis narrative, um, on the seventh day, like God rested and looks over everything that He's done and created, and finds like contentment in it. And I I find that so theologically powerful because that's how I think of work and Sabbath is you know taking that day or even a few hours and just being very content in the work that you've put in, right? either just for like ministry for us, but even just, you know, our, our daily relationships, our, our career, whatever, work stuff, and just being glad and content with, you know, the, the things that, that you've put in. Um, I, I don't remember who told me 
to, to think of it in that way. Maybe I read it somewhere. I'm forgetting. So it's not straight from my brain, I promise. Um, but yeah, that, that really changed my perspective of just, you know, uh, and it's how I encourage others to think of the Sabbath. Um, yeah, just to reflect and be content in the work that you put in. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, Kathy, what about for you? Like when you think about your rhythms throughout your week and like, you know, just that thing of like hearing God or speaking to God or trying to find a way to to make sense of how you work out your rhythm on a week to week basis. Like what's something that works for you? Um, So I think for a weekly basis, I'm still trying to figure out this rhythm because I mean, I think... I think I'm three weeks deep here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had been working like Monday through Friday prior to this for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the past, I had been, you know, volunteering and serving and things like that at church. So pretty much my entire weekend would be taken up by church activities. And even, you know, actually a lot of the weeknights would also be taken up with you know, serving um, church. And so there wasn't really much of a Sabbath taking. Um, Yeah, it was really hard to figure out that rhythm at that time. And so actually when I came um, here, one of the elders, you know, my homegirl, she was like, you know, it's great because now like as part of your job, you have to, you have to pray. You know, like that is like what you're dedicated to doing. And I'm like, you know, you're right. Like what, what a concept. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's really different from when you're, you know, working the, the, um, the lay job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, your, your schedule is quite, um, it's quite a lot. Yeah. It's a lot of hours, um, to be balancing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been trying to take uh, Sabbath time on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I am still trying to figure out a good rhythm, like a good routine. I think it's been kind of hard with the events that are coming up, like the fall festival on whoa, Sunday whoa. at 10 a.m. Um, <laughs> so even like last night, you know, it's like time for bed and I'm sitting there talking for a couple hours to husband Sam about the registration and how we're going to do it. No, we can't do it this way. All right, let's act it out. Pretend you're a person. And like, you know, I'm just like, what are we doing right now? This is like bedtime. (laughs) Dedication. Um, On that note too, as a plug for community month and signing up for (laughs) prayer, prayer meetings. um, Yeah, even though I I found those meetings so helpful Wednesdays and Saturdays, Um, not just because, you know, I'm on staff and this is (laughs) my job, but, you know, yeah, I think, you know, everyone's schedules can get so busy, but I found that, you know, even days I'm so tired or I want to sleep in, um, especially since, you know, I can't really do that during any day, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I I need those meetings. You should really listen to him because he has a lot of hours that he's working yeah. and he needs those Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. I, I personally need it um, just because... Yeah, just to have like a dedicated time, like set out, be like, this is what we're doing. No distractions. And, um, right, like you can't, <laughs> no one is going to like whip out their phone and just do something else during like an hour of prayer meeting, right? So you're 
you're socially pressured to pray in, in a <laughs> sense if you've opted in if you've opted into coming right um, and that's really what the time is is for so I found them so helpful for the, myself because if I don't you know make that commitment then um, I, there's a temptation right at the end of at least my work day I'll just like turn Netflix on or you know just lay in bed at, at 8 or 8 30 or something like that right and sometimes I'll just forget but um, those those meetings they remind me um, yeah for the most part yeah yeah for sure man if there was uh, if there was an award for best I don't know what is the shameless plugs or whatever you know at, <laughs> we're the shameless plugs. yeah X amount of shameless True. plugs in an hour <laughs> a podcast conversation uh, you know you too would surely be at the top of the list if not winning um, overall um, but Listen to them. Fall <laughs> Festival, prayer meetings, especially for our members at NMPC. Pastor Key um, did a great and wonderful thing to walk that line beautifully between accountability but also friendship, between the the carrot and the stick, between you know all, all these different analogies that we could use. Um, because we we really believe that prayer matters. Um, I shared this before, I think, um, but I had a professor in uh, undergrad in Bible college, and it was the preaching course, and um, he just, you know, first couple of weeks, he was sort of teaching us how to preach and how to put together manuscripts and all that stuff. And one of the things that he was saying off to the side, um, he was just saying something of something to the effect of like, you know, I like myself better when I preach. And he was talking about the idea of, when I preach, I'm forced to read the word. I'm forced to do all of these things that cause me to come face to face with God's word and let God's word do a work in my heart, right? Like, because mm. he was talking about the, the week in, week out rhythm of preaching and how sometimes it could be very demanding, taxing, especially to lead pastors. And he was just saying, you know, like, but at the end of the day, I like myself better when I preach because of X, Y, and Z reasons. And I wondered if I can amend that a little bit and steal that. I've stolen it for so many years um, after that. But if I can steal it one more time and amend it for a second, it's, uh, you know, I think I like myself better when I pray. Hmm. I think hmm. I like myself better when I'm actually sitting down. Hmm. And even if it is um, Wednesday wells and Saturday mornings, and even if it is that that organized time, right? Like, I would love to say I'm the prayer warrior that's locking myself in my room every night. And my wife will tell you I'm not. You know, like, I'm I'm closer to the TV than I am the, the secret <laughs> place. Um, and I'll be honest with that. Um but even if it is Wednesdays and Saturdays, I just like myself better when I pray. I think all three of us understand what that means. Mm -hmm. I know that Pastor Key <laughs> understands what that means, but I'm hoping that everybody who's watching, who's listening to this conversation, eventually you too would get to a place to be able to say, I think I just like myself better when I pray because I have more empathy, I have more peace, I have uh, more of God's word written on the walls of my heart. I have, I just have more of what I need. I'm thinking about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake, who go after it and go after it and go after it. And so go after it. You know, if you're listening, if you're watching, go after it. Um, we have all of community month to, to do that together um, as well, by the way, as the rest of the calendar year, you know, it's not just community month. We highlighted more specifically during that time. But, you know, there are 
48 other Wednesdays and there are 48 other Saturday mornings for us to get together to pray. And we want to see you there. We really, really want to see you there. So hopefully that we do. Um, I think that'll do it from us. Thank you both, Pastor Sam, Pastor Kathy, for joining. Um, Pastor Key, uh, hopefully you have enjoyed your time off and we will see you very soon. Um, and for the rest of us who are watching, who are listening, we, uh, yeah, we urge you. We urge you. We really, really urge you to pray. Um, not because, um, I also had this thought the other day. I pray not because I want to be more holy, but I pray because I'm not. And it's like, I feel like that's just the attitude that we should all adopt. It's it's not about holiness or anything like that. It's about knowing that you're not and just being closer to the one he is. So in your struggle and in your search, may you be brought closer to the one who's holy. With that, we're going to end this time right here. Thank you again, everybody. And this is NNPC Plus signing off for now. <laughs>